0: Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. It's another Q&A edition of Optimal Health Daily, episode 1407, and I'm Dr. Neil, your host of the show. Hey there, welcome back to another special Friday edition of Optimal Health Daily, where I answer your health questions related to fitness, diet and nutrition, and lots more. You send in the questions, and I answer them for you. Now, if you wanna send me an audio question, Come by oldpodcast.com slash ask. Or you can call in your audio question by dialing 61 I love ohd And don't forget, I'm also taking email questions. You can send those in to health at oldpodcast.com. And thank you so much in advance for sending me those questions. Thank you for your trust. Now, in yesterday's episode, that was episode 1406, I briefly mentioned that I went to school to be a registered dietitian nutritionist. So, if you're wondering about my background and my credentials and why I call myself Dr. Neal, I'll give you a brief history. I wasn't always into health and wellness and nutrition and exercise. In fact, for the longest time, I hated all of those things. The fast food restaurant Del Taco was like my daily go to. That all changed once I was diagnosed with a chronic condition around the age of 19. That changed my trajectory. I decided I wanted to learn more about how to make myself feel better, how to better control my disease. And that led me down the path to pursuing these different degrees that I have. So I have my Master of Public Health degree where my emphases were health promotion and health education. I loved what I learned in that program so much. I decided to pursue my doctorate. My doctorate degree is in public health and my emphases were chronic disease prevention and nutrition. I also became a registered dietitian nutritionist at the same time. I also became certified as a health education specialist and a certified exercise physiologist through the American College of Sports Medicine. I got the name Dr. Neal because when I started teaching at the college level, students never knew how to pronounce my last name. Whenever they had a question, they would raise their hand and say, Dr. M- uh, M- Malik, M- Malik? So I thought, let's just shorten it and try and make it easy on everyone and call myself Dr. Neal. So I kind of ripped off Dr. Drew and Dr. Phil. Anywho, enough about me. Let's finally get to today's question and start optimizing your life. Today's question came via email. Brad writes, Hey Dr. Neil, I was wondering if you could revisit the topic of the microbiome, the recent research surrounding it, and the benefits and disadvantages of tests promising to analyze one's gut health. I have been researching and considering purchasing a test to better understand my gut health, which foods my body would prefer me not to eat, as well as what food, vitamins, etc., may be missing from my diet. Any insight would be great. Love the show and your consistency and consideration you provide in the commentaries. Thank you so much, Brad, for taking the time to send in your question. I'm thrilled that you enjoy the podcast and find it so helpful. When it comes to the microbiome, one of the biggest challenges when studying it is actually trying to define it. Even those that specialize in studying it aren't really sure how to define it or even what to call it. Some use the term microbiota as a synonym for the microbiome, but technically they're different. What we can agree on is that, first, what we're talking about are the good bacteria found in the gut. And again, we're talking about lots of them. It's estimated that each person has anywhere from 10 to 100 trillion of these good bacteria in our intestines. And again, these are good bacteria, meaning they keep us healthy. What's amazing is that each person's microbiome is different. There are lots of different strains or species of these good bacteria within each person, but in different quantities. It's believed that there are at least 400 different species of these good bacteria within each person. Now, it's these different quantities that makes everyone's microbiome unique to each person. Now, researchers can agree that it's always a good idea to try to preserve the health of your gut. Basically, try and have lots and lots of these good bacteria floating around at all times. Now, what if there was some way for us to know what our microbiome is made of, meaning how many good bacteria and which specific species of good bacteria there are in our gut? Would that be useful? Would this information even be accurate? Well, that's basically what Brad was asking, so let's find out. Now, some doctors have ways to test for all of this, and there are even tests that you can buy for use at home, all with the aim of determining what your gut microbiome is composed of. Now, the way these tests work is that they analyze your fecal matter, also known as stool. It's estimated that just one gram of stool contains 100 billion microbes. So By sending the lab a small sample of stool, they can supposedly detect what your microbiome is made of. But the problem with these gut microbiome tests is that they're really, really new. This means that yes, labs may be able to guesstimate the number and types of good bacteria in your gut, but interpreting this information and providing recommendations based on these results is another issue altogether. One problem is that there aren't any established reference ranges. Let me give you an example. Say you go to the doctor and you get a blood test. When the results of the test comes back, your doctor may say something like, you're doing great. Your cholesterol levels are looking really good. Now, how does the doctor actually know that your cholesterol levels are good? Well, there are established reference ranges. You've probably seen these ranges before. When you get the results of the lab tests, Have you ever seen that extra column that tells you what the normal value should be? These are the reference ranges. When your values fall above or below these reference ranges, the doctor will provide guidance about how to get your lab values back within these reference ranges. Now, the trouble with these new gut microbiome tests is that there aren't any of these reference ranges. Health professionals may not be sure then how to interpret these results. For example, The results of these gut microbiome tests may tell us which species of good bacteria are found in your gut, but doctors may not know what each specific species of bacteria are responsible for and how many you should actually have. Which ones actually help with promoting the health of the immune system? Which ones help us better digest foods we eat? How do different species of bacteria interact and help each other? All of this information is totally unclear at this point. Oh, and the other problem is that our gut microbiome is constantly changing. The number and species of good bacteria change all the time. And if that weren't enough, finally, health professionals aren't even sure whether our stool is the most accurate representation of our microbiome. So what we do know at this point is that the good bacteria in our gut promote health. That we can agree on. But how many of each species we need Understanding how each species interacts, what each are responsible for and so on is still a complete mystery. So here's the bottom line, Brad. Most health experts agree that for now, save your money on these microbiome tests until we know more about how to interpret these results. The same goes for knowing which foods are better for your body to consume. We simply don't know based on these types of tests. When it comes to getting your other lab values within the normal reference ranges, well, that can require certain medications or supplements or changes to your diet, and that can be discussed with your doctor. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, Thank you again so much for the question, Brad. Now, if you want your question answered right here on the show, definitely send one in. You can email one to health at oldpodcast.com or if you want your voice on the show, come by oldpodcast.com slash ask. You can record right from your computer's microphone. It's really easy and you can even play back your message and do retakes before sending it in. Or you can do it the old fashioned way and call in your question. The number? is 61. I love OHD. Lastly, if you're listening from the Spotify app, you should see an area where you can submit a question. Just type one in right there to send it along. Thank you so much in advance for doing that. Thank you for your continued support and your trust by sending me your questions. I hope you have a great start to your holiday weekend. I almost forgot, for those of us in the US, our Independence Day is next week. So enjoy your holiday weekend. Stay safe. And I'll see you back here tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.